freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Getting, Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. I think we've got a winner. I think this is the winner from Derek in Seattle. The Crucible. The fire in which a champion will be forged. (laughs) Oh, do I like that. Derek, who, by the way, did text in with Faith, Hope, Love from King's X last week. Appreciate that, Derek. I was definitely uh, one that we got. The Crucible. Mm. This is a Crucible. There's no Mm. doubt about it. In these next 10 games, a champion will be Mm -hmm. forged in some way, shape, or form. And we'll see who's able to do all the little things in order to get there. Okay, three things. Number one. Uh, that Chris Berman, Joe Cap is going to go into a new open period. End of story <laughs> by Monday. <clears throat> so Justin, make a little note, Justin, do what you got to do. Darren, Aura. get people on it. Yep. Yep. Uh, I won't that, be here Monday. You need yep. that line is what you're saying? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be in one of our, uh, new Brock opens. Heward sacked by John Mobley. It's a fumble. Mobley. This time it's a rib injury. Heward, not exactly Joe Cap there in the pocket. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> how, we found that 15 years later. I don't know, but that's got to be in an open. Uh, I want to take this conversation two ways, and I'm going to start it from a pure baseball perspective. So who was that old timer, that, that first baseman that liked to cut his sleeves off that told me how he'll judge Scott Service? Adam Lind. Adam Lind. Adam Lind told me I will judge a new manager by the way he handles his bullpen. Scott Service, and you can make fun of big old dome head down there in Texas and Dusty Baker's toothpick and latex gloves. They're both Hall of Fame managers. They're going to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Scott is tangling with two Hall of Fame baseball managers the next 10 days. And all I hear is playoffs, 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 playoffs start tomorrow. What happens in playoff baseball with your arms? What happens with your bullpen? What happens with your pitching? Jerry just said at the very end of it, I think a great little tale that, yeah, our bullpen is going to be used a lot mm-hmm. over the next 10 days. So the the blessing is those two other Hall of Famers you're tangling with are in the exact scenario you are. They don't have a three-game lead. They don't have the division clinched. They are all fighting for every single game. What makes playoff baseball so darn entertaining? Well, you see George Kirby come out of the pen to close out a game, right? I, they're going into it, he says, with very conventional thinking. But is that the way this is going to turn in the crucible for the next 10 days? Yeah, we don't know. I mean, it, it's funny. As you were talking, my mind kind of went in a slightly different direction, which is, yes, if you're going to tangle with those guys, not just your pull, your bullpen that's going to be used a lot. Hopefully theirs are as well. Correct. And that should be a huge advantage for you, right? I mean, yes. like that's the biggest problem that those two Hall of Fame managers have right now is well, their bullpens aren't working. Yeah, but your bullpen the last month statistically has been challenged. It's been challenged. Yep. So, which yeah. is which is kind of what led me to ask the question about you know could we see a starter bump into the pen at some point? That's right. It's suboptimal, obviously, to not have the starter you want for a full game. But what if you could use Brian Wu or Bryce Miller in two or three or four games to help you win those? And yeah, maybe you got to sacrifice one in order to make it happen. I think there's a lot of interesting challenges ahead, and and Jerry even sort of acknowledged the idea that we could see a lineup with Mike Ford at first base and all the lefties in there. When you know, sort of left on set, I'm not going to look. Look, I'm not going to ask him. Hey, does Ty France need to sit on the bench? Like that's not how it works in professional media as much as some people might want it to. Mm -hmm. But I think you can hear there, like. 
yeah, we're going to have to play the best guys. And if Mike Ford, Dominic Canzone, and Tay Oscar and Kelnick give us the best chance to win a game against a righty, that's what we've got to do at this stage of the season. You could strongly argue that the Houston Astros won their World Series last year. Not the cheating ones beforehand. I'm talking about last year because they had seven starters. Mm-hmm. You don't. You should. You used to. You used to. Yep. Next year, you may be in the circumstance. What a bummer that is, by the way, too. Yes. Think about what you could do right now in your bullpen if even one of the four starters that got hurt hadn't gotten hurt. I would actually say you had eight. You know, what What if Flexen, Flexen actually yeah, was yeah, who yeah. Flexen had been? What Fair. if, you know, Marco is there? What if Robbie Ray is there, right? I mean, it, it just is. And, and you don't. So you play with whom you have. And they've done an amazing job pitching all the way through those enormous injuries, but it is a reminder. Mm. Like in the long term here and for some years to come, because of what George Kirby is and what Bryce Miller is and what Logan Gilbert is and what Wu has been just a revelation this season on top of an Emerson Hancock. Gosh, you could go 9, 10, 11. Yep. If you throw in Hancock, the kid that tore his elbow after one start, right? Flexen and Marco and Ray, like, oh my gosh, how advantageous would that be now? down the stretch it would be yeah no there's no doubt about it and and i don't know whether we'll see woo or miller come out of the pen but i don't know i've just had I, I i am not operating on any information on anything i've heard behind the scenes it's always just been sort of a gut feeling here that down the stretch we may so we'll see see what happens well don't the next three four five days determine maybe what the next three four five a baseball guy kind of texted Very me probably, and said, yes you know what happens if this division because you know, the the Astros do have the Royals, and they do lock in, and all of a sudden they do, you know, beat the Diamond. I mean, what, what happens if they do have a four-game lead and the division is no longer in play? Is that going to change the final four with Texas if, you, if you're still a game or a game and a half? You know, and how you manage that? If this is playoffs, yep. playoff baseball is managed in the bullpen and with your starters differently. It is. It is. And, you know, thankfully, and something that's never been seen before since 1969, as you said, all these bullpens are a little shaky right now, and uh, so not an un, you know, unlevel un, un playing I know field. you wanted to go in a few ways. What was the other thing you wanted to do? The other thing was he said it right at the end, and I thought it was so perfect when he talked about the key to this team. And I may be very intense, and there may be a lot of you texters that are very intense, and Bob Stelton is a very intense baseball watcher. This team has to marry their looseness with that intensity. And how they go about doing that over the next 10 games may be as hypercritical as anything else. I know it's not something you can quantify. I know it's not runners in scoring position. I know, I know it will be very difficult through our optics of only the television or the radio airwaves to hear it. But how they do that today, how they do that preparing tomorrow. In my life experience, as he said that, I thought about big games that I played in. I thought about taking the bus when we used to stay in Bellevue and we parted the Red Sea over 520 with the police escort and there's Nebraska, right? Number two in the country, number three in the country. And you do, man, you just inherently, you're so wired, but you can't be so wired that you're gripping that bat so tight, right? You have to marry that looseness well, and of this And they've club. done that pretty well. I was just thinking about that when JP was hanging out with the Husky Dog uh, <laughs> at the end of the game the other day. Like What an was- omen. 
Right? Well, I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, just someone was it a beaver? Was it a coog? Was it a duck? No, no it, it was, was a husky. husky. But wasn't it? Wasn't that just sort of indicative of them? Right? Where you're you're locked in. He's had himself a great Absolutely. game, but also yeah, there's pretty good looking dog over here, and I'm going to go pet it. Because that's what I do when I see a nice looking. Did Brock dog. just casually throw in a? Uh... Who took the bus? Yeah. You... <laughs> You took the bus. <laughs> took the bus over here. I want these guys oh. have fire in their guts. Pew, so I know that. Pew, pew, He's so pew. motivating. Yes. Can we get John? Make... Do you have fire in your gut? Yes. Can we have him go down and give the pregame speech? <laughs> to who? To the Rangers? That would yes. be great. Or to the Mariners just to make sure that they stay loose. Yeah, that would. Uh, that would. That's exactly the direction they should go. All right. Um, let's see. I got so many texts coming in. There was one person. I was so, you know, I'm not even going to read it. Maura, you already told me to stop reading the yep. ones from the people that just don't get it. But the guy was like, why aren't you killing DePoto right now? Because the Mariners have barely a chance of getting into the. Like, what? Come on, man. Let's not go, let's not go in that direction. So, Brock, I know you got to get going here in a minute. We're yes. not, we are going to get to talk to you a little bit tomorrow. Oh yeah, a couple um, hours. Guess what I'm doing next week? Did I tell you? Dog sitting. Mm-hmm. What for brewing? I've got Moore's dog coming to my house for four days next week. Think of the stories that I'm going to get out of Bruin about Mora. Like, think of the gossip that I am going to get, the dirt I am going to get on Mora from Bruin. So, so if you got into this episode where Lewis Litt takes care of one of his co-workers' pets, pet cat. No, I don't think I have. Okay. Is that going to be me? I can't ruin it. Okay. But for those that have watched Suits, you're laughing and chuckling right now <laughs> out loud. So, oh, wait, I know what you're talking about. I uh-huh. you're going to try to keep my dog. Ah, 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 ah. No, don't I've got a lead on a dog right now, so I don't need <laughs> to do that. He loves a Frenchie. I do. I'm good. If I had I a Frenchie, want... I'd be nervous. Yeah, don't leave your Frenchie with me. I, I no. mean, I, I know I've offered graciously to take all Frenchies, and yeah. if anybody needs to leave one with me for a few days, I'm happy to do a little dog mm. sitting. But yeah, there's a chance you wouldn't get it back. Maura, Bruin will definitely come back to you. I'm really excited to hang out with her. Honestly, I am. I can't wait. Kids are excited. But I'm not I'm not keeping Bruin. You're not a permanent big dog person. No, just a little too much energy uh, for me and what I'm looking for every day in my life. Uh, I need a little bit more like a couch potato. But uh, very excited. So, Brock, I'm going to get all kinds of dirt on more. Awesome. All right, awesome. we got to run. Yeah. I know you got to go. Uh, we'll come back with everything you need to know. And then I've promised, and I will deliver. At 9.30, Brock, a declarative, positive statement about a Seattle legend. Stick around. It's Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, Jerry DePoto is excited. His team is excited. His fan base is excited, as we should be. It is going to be quite the gauntlet. Ten games to decide this season, all coming against the other teams that are within a half game of each other in the American League West. Unbelievably cool. They get there by sweeping the A's, and they did that with some nice offense. Three big home runs, including this bomb. Here's the pitch. And zone swinging a drive. Deep to right field. Down the line, stay fair, and it is into the second level. Fair goodbye baseball. Dom Canzone with his sixth home run of the season. Holy smokes, what a shot by Dom. And the Mariners have a 2-0 lead. 
here in the top half of the second inning. Yeah, cannon shot from Dom Canzone. He hit one. Julio hit one. By the way, his 100th RBI of the season, which is pretty darn cool. Cal with another home run as well as he ends up breaking the Mariners' single-season record for extra base hits for a catcher. You didn't know they kept that one, but yeah, that's a big, big record. He takes it away from Mike Zanino. Pretty darn cool. Now... It's go time. Julio says they're ready. I'm definitely really excited. You know, I feel like everybody is waiting uh, to to get to the field. Honestly, like everybody's excited. Everybody's ready to compete. And at the end of the day, we're gonna lay everything down on the on the line over there. Well, I know I'm ready. I, I need today to just sort of collect my bearings, collect my thoughts, gather my energy, steal myself for the stress, the tension, the anxiety, and then the next 10 days are just going to be awesome. As we said, unfortunately, everybody else won yesterday, so no changes in the standings. It'll be all systems go. Bryce Miller, Dane Dunning tomorrow in Texas. Here's the second thing you need to know. While the Mariners may be pretty well rested now, getting a chance to keep their bullpen fresh, the Seahawks, man, they are going to be a little a little more injured than you would like heading into this matchup with Carolina this weekend. Nine guys missed all of practice yesterday. We'll get the injury report for today, hopefully here in a little while. But some big names on that list. Tariq Woolen, probably the biggest. He's pretty sore. Yeah, he's, he's pretty sore. It's going to be... Uh, um, you know, a pretty good recovery for him to get back. Yeah, DK Metcalf probably will make it back, but he missed practice. You know who might be the most important guy who's been out? And that's Jaron Reed. Would really, really like to see him be at least a partial participant today. No Boy Mafe yesterday, no Will Disley, no Kobe Bryant, no Julian Love. So that's kind of a big old yikes. And it doesn't sound like even though he played all of practice yesterday, we're going to see Jamal Adams. There's always the possibility that the guy, you know, he could play because he's practicing with us. He'll go full go today and, and have a great week, I hope. We're planning on, you know, making sure that we don't do it until the time is exactly right so we're trying to just measure that sensing from how he feels and all that he's really excited about how close he is now um so we'll see what happens yeah more bad news mike morris's year is done season ending shoulder surgery i knew brock was going to say that today at blue 88 that when you try to add that kind of weight and play in even bigger spot you got to be careful and unfortunately for mike morris couldn't withstand it this year and now more bad news at least i think it is For the second straight day, no Bryce Young at practice. This just came out a couple of minutes ago. He missed practice with an ankle injury for a second straight day. I got to imagine there's no chance they start the number one overall pick in his third game for an 0-2 team that isn't going much of anywhere this year. One day of practice. After, yeah, not practicing. he doesn't, yeah, right. There's just no way. That doesn't make sense. And so... We're probably looking at Andy Dalton time. I don't want to see Andy Dalton, but we'll talk more about that tomorrow. Uh, Andy Dalton is the backup, and he's got a really good 4-1 record against Seahawks, including a win against them last year. Here's the third thing you need to know. I was hoping to spend a little bit more time on this Sean Payton sound maybe in a little while, but I just think it's ridiculous, man. He, He is... He and Russ clearly are not a fit for each other, and Sean Payton does not... He's not going to waste any time, I think, trying to just move on from Russ. And you can hear him sort of levying more and more of the blame, even as he's, quote unquote, taking it himself. Here he is yesterday talking about what they're going to do now because they can't get the plays in on time. And so hindsight last week, there's probably about four or five plays that would have been easier 
if they were wristbanded, but we can still reduce the verbiage. So if a play X curl, Z, Z post, Y shake, and let's call it Oxy, you know, coming up with code names to, to help do that. But that was that was last night. So now they're going to go to code names. Brock explaining earlier that that takes less of the or takes the onus off the quarterback and puts it on everyone else. Yikes! And then here's a little bit more. Preseason was smooth, and then I think you know, week one was smooth. We probably had too too much with some of these plays. And looking back on it, that's something we can correct on our end, you know, and 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 be quicker. You know, there's that happy balance of you know getting it in fast, but then also getting it called to the line. I'm sure we were a little bit heavy relative to the length of some of the plays. I'm sorry. The only way he's talking about that is to make it look like Russ doesn't fully know what he's doing out there. 100%. So we'll see where that ends up going. Well, uh, Russell has posted a story to his Instagram that's a photo from last year mm. where he's wearing the wristband. Of course. He had to put that up there because he knows that this no is... No chance that he was is, unintentional. Yeah, he's now at war with his head coach. No other. I, that's how I view it. Maybe somebody else sees it differently. I see now war. Between Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Just self-preservation for both of them. Maybe. Very well true. Um, Kraken rookies have reported for camp. Veterans arrived yesterday as well. Training camp will get underway today and runs through, what, October 9th. And then uh, go time for a season that all of a sudden has some really interesting uh, expectations for a Kraken team that went a lot further than anybody thought that they would last year. Really excited uh, to get some hockey back into our daily menu. So that's coming up soon. That's everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. Yes. Did the 2023, maybe you guys mentioned this already and got to it with Jerry because I was busy cutting some sound here, but did the 2023 schedule change really make these final 10 games yeah, as you asked that yesterday. What do you mean by that? Because they played each other fewer times. So, like, there's less opportunities uh, to build a lead on each other. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that is possible. Um, Six I'm, fewer, is it? Yeah, they play, what, 12 times instead 12, of 18? 12, 13 instead of 18, 19? Maybe. I mean, it evens it out a little bit so that everybody had to play all the same teams, sure. right? Uh, which kind of gives you that, like, yeah, you have to play the Dodgers here at the end, but somebody else had to play them early. Yep. And it's like an unintended consequence then was yeah. tightened them up a bit. It, it sure seemed to work in this division. It's so funny the way, I mean, the beginning of the year, everyone was saying the AL East, the AL East, the AL East. Well, I'm watching these games in the AL East right now, hoping that the Red Sox and the Yankees could put up even some small modicum of a fight. Yeah, no, And they're not doing not jack. Happening. Thanks a lot. So, yeah, there's three teams in the AL East, three teams in the AL West, and essentially nobody in the Central, and that's kind of the way this 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 league has worked out this year. Yeah, maybe, Justin. It, it is certainly possible that's the case. A bonus result, then, of it, because, yeah, you're right. Towards the end, it, like, and it depends when you play each other, and when you play each other so many times. You get to know each other's tendencies a lot more, yep. and you get pitching matchups that are getting a little bit more spicy. And- I would say the Mariners played the Rangers so far this year at all the wrong times. Fair. The Rangers yeah. were as hot as could be. The Mariners were in the depths of their despair. It was Brian Wu's first start. I mean, like things were rough when they played. And on contrast, the Mariners have probably caught the Astros at some pretty good times. For, for the Mariners, right? Where the sure. Astros Altuve were missing some guys. Altuve, yep. pitching wasn't where it's been. So uh, no Michael Brantley, who's been a killer for them. So we'll see. Abreu was not hot at all when they faced them. So, so pretty much everybody healthy right now. Yeah, and on, and on the other side, Texas doesn't look the way they did at that time. And the Mariners look different from So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I guess te- health minus the starting pitchers of the Texas. I'll tell you what, right. I don't have a clue what's going to happen. I have no idea how these next 10 days are going to go. It's going to be fun. But I can't wait to see it all play out. All right. Coming up, a definitive statement about a Seattle legend. Stick around. It's next. I'm Brock and Salk.
You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. So far, through two games of this football season, so far, Bobby Wagner has been an unmitigated success. So far, through two games, the return of Bobby Wagner has been an unbelievable, unmitigated success. Yes. It's been tremendous. It's been better than I thought it could be. It's been awesome having Bobby back in a whole bunch of different ways. First of all, Bobby's been pretty darn good out on the field. He has absolutely contributed to this team's ability to stop the run through two games. Will that continue? We'll find out. This is about right now. Bobby has been great at helping to stop the run. And the criticism of a few years ago, the splash plays, the plays in the backfield, there haven't been that many opportunities for them yet. But I've gotten the sense that Bobby has been in position to make more of those plays and to come downhill and to hit guys hard and to have that presence on the back end, which is exactly what you're looking for out of Bobby Wagner. He's been awesome. I think there's still maybe a question mark or two about some of the you know deeper coverage when he's got to get back over the middle. But the return of Jamal Adams, I think, is going to help mitigate some of that. I think that's a temporary issue rather than a long-term one. So on the field, watching Bobby Wagner do his thing has been awesome. It's been great to see it. That's one of four reasons I think it's great to have Bobby back. That's reason number one. Okay. Reason number two, I think I'm going to write about this tonight. Reason number two, just the fan reaction and the moment and all of that when he first came back last Sunday was tremendous. And if Bobby never plays another game for the Seahawks, I'm glad he will have that memory and the fans will have had that moment as well. That's two. That's a quick one. It's like a fellowship with somebody. Yeah. Number three, and this one's a big one, and we haven't talked about this one yet. I think we've talked a little bit more about number four, but number three is that there is, I don't want to say no one because that's unfair. There may be others out there who are at the very least equivalent, but I can't think of any athlete that has spent more time and energy trying to invest in the community than Bobby Wagner. He has done an incredible job of using his platform at every opportunity to invest in the community around him. And I thought, well, we asked him about this. Well, hey, when you come back, what are you going to do? Remember a few years ago in his last year here, he took every one of his regular Wednesday press conferences to uh, highlight a different charitable organization or community organization that he thought could just use a little bit of of yeah, publicity. Boost, yeah, the platform. Well, we asked him if he was going to do that this year, and he said, you know, I'm not sure. I'll do something. I haven't figured out yet exactly what it is. Well, yesterday, uh, Bobby took to the podium and told us about a really cool partnership. So today I kind of wanted to take some time to announce that I partnered with the Seahawks and Virginia Mason Franciscan Health with Fast 54 to create uh, awareness around stroke. Um, the fund is under my mom's name, uh, the Fenia May Fund, to kind of raise some awareness around stroke, um, the prevention of stroke. The donations, uh, if you donate $54, it goes to the stroke patients and their rehabilitation. So don't, first of all, I just love that Bobby just says, hey, look, I'm in front of a podium. 
I've been given an opportunity where I kind of have to go talk to you about this. And if I'm going to sit here and talk to you guys about football, you're going to listen to me talk about something that's very important, not just to me, but to do good in the community. I love it. I got all the respect in the world for it. Always have. And here's a little bit more on Bobby talking about the Fast 54. Obviously, you guys know this is something extremely important to me. Uh, You know, my mom suffered from one uh, a long time ago. And every year I've been trying to figure out ways to do something different to kind of raise awareness. And I still feel like um, there still needs to be a little bit more awareness raised around this this topic. And so I feel like I'm the perfect candidate to raise awareness. So I would love the support of Seattle to come help me make this a big deal. Pretty darn cool, right? I so mean- there's uh, some more to that since I, I edited that. So I want to make sure that what he's He's holding something during the press conference that he introduces. It's a it's a it's a comic, right? So Fast Fifty Four is a multimedia comic starring Bobby, and there's a video on YouTube where you can watch of him uh, in this universe, I guess that they created. Yeah, watch a little of it. Tell, provide, t- tell people about it. It's yeah, pretty education cool. about stroke prevention in, in an entertaining way. It's like a comic book a hero, Bobby. Right? Book, yes, and he because he's a big comic book fan. He mentions how much he loves Ninja Turtles, which he's mentioned before. But he uh, what he he's quoted saying. What the comic shows is that you don't have to be a superhero to save a life. My brother is somebody who saved a life, prolonged a life. He uh, just made a call and followed his instincts. FAST is an acronym. As you know, face uh, for signs of a stroke. Yep. So face drooping, arm weakness, speech difficulties, time to call 911. And obviously 54, we, we know. So it's a really, really cool, and he's right, interesting Entertaining yeah. way to to raise awareness wonder, and money for I, it. I, you know, we got to talk to Bobby at some point. I wonder if that was – did he come up with that idea? I don't know. What I mean, whether he came up with it or whether somebody brought He's, it to him and he okayed it, either way, it's well, incredible. Well, he said he was inspired to get to get the message out via comic book by uh, Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse. That's awesome. Yeah, so and it does sure sort of have that to vibe it. to it, just kind of looking at it. It's got sort of the Spider-Verse style animation yeah. a little bit. So you can watch and learn more. It's a V. MFH, so Virginia Mason Franciscan Health.org slash Seahawks. Very cool. Where you can see okay, so going to be 10,800 copies of the comic book that will be distributed throughout the region uh, through community engagement programs. And you can pick up a free copy at some places um, in town. You can find this all at Seahawks.com if very you forget cool. the link. Very, very cool. So I want to take a moment to just kind of highlight that. I think it's really cool that Bobby does it. And, you know, in general, you know, we like to try to. Get it out to you because you may not hear it otherwise unless, you know, you're on the Seahawks website going through their, you know, daily press conferences. We sort of have access to all of that. So uh, when Bobby talks about things like this, I really think it's incumbent on us in the media to to publicize it. So really cool for him to do that. And uh, so anyway, that's uh, that's the third reason why I just love having Bobby back here in Seattle and why it's already been a success. The fourth one, obviously, and we've talked about this here quite a bit this week and I, I just I continue to think of what sharp contrast it is to what's going on in Denver is the leadership that he and Pete together showed to get this thing back on track. We've talked a lot about it from Pete's perspective and how incredible it was for Pete to be able to step back and say, no, 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 there's somebody else here who is a better voice to reach them right now. And Pete talked about that even more again yesterday. It totally did. I mean, it was it was I made a big deal about it to you guys because it was a remarkable moment. And, and it wasn't so much what he said. It was the reaction that he gained from it. And uh, I mean, it, it led us right into a fantastic week and and, uh, and performed in accordance with, you know, kind of the leadership that he, he set out. So it was really it was an amazing moment. It was an amazing moment, according to Pete. But it wasn't just Pete. Bobby actually had to do it. 
Like, it's one thing for Pete to kind of step back and say, no, no, I'm going to let the guys handle it. Okay, fine. But then the guys have to actually handle it. And that means Bobby in particular. And KJ gave us a little insight yesterday into what that might have looked like. But I love, I I saw the video just like everyone. I saw the picture. I saw the veins popping out his head. I saw him calling up the guys and really getting everyone on the same page. And like, this is the direction that we're going to go. This is how we're going to practice. This is how we're going to play on Sunday. And I saw Bobby when Daryl Taylor um, thought mm-hmm. Jerkoff had the ball. He got in his face. But he had his neck moving just like this, and he calmed everybody down. Mm. He took channel. He said, get back. So he is that dude. You are the all-pro. You are the future Hall of Famer. You are the pro bowler. You are the one to get everyone on the same page. And for Coach Carroll to give Bobby his, his praise, for Bobby to take that responsibility <laughs> and do that for their football team, Perfect blend on a Wednesday what, practice. What, what? Yeah, it's pretty cool, and and KJ kind of speaks to it there. He also went on to talk about Bobby being very quiet in his first couple of weeks here, right, and and not putting all the attention on himself, not doing some of the things that KJ was used to seeing him do in the facility every day, every yeah. week. He's in like observation mode, probably. Right, and weeks. and sort of like, hey, I've got to fit back in here mode. And my guess is, I don't know this, but my guess is that by not talking a lot and letting his actions and his ears speak for themselves that when Bobby did open his mouth for essentially the first time, it carried even more weight. Not that it wouldn't have already, right? Potential Hall of Fame linebacker, the one remaining link to the Legion of Boom and the Super Bowl and everything else. Bobby Wagner carries weight whenever he talks to anybody. Yeah. I don't remember where I heard But after being quiet for that long... Doesn't it just carry even more and That's have the effect that they needed it to exactly in Detroit? what I was going to say. is I've had, I don't remember where I heard this, but it was somebody talking about leadership and saying you have two ears, two eyes, and one mouth, and you should use them in that order. And have you heard it a thousand times? People have been telling me that a lot, yeah. Okay, so exactly that, <laughs> right? One of these For days, I'm going to listen to him. That's what he was doing, like double-time listening, double-time view, like just being present, mm-hmm. then speaking up when needed. And like, we, how many, how many times have we talked about this with the Mariners? Who's the leader of the Mariners? There's a f- five or six different answers depending on who you talk to. Who's the leader of the Seahawks? It's Bobby Wagner. Well, exactly. he definitely was. If you went out to the practices, he was definitely giving the guys advice one on one and talking to them and everything. But just maybe hadn't addressed. Yeah, the addressing like the yet. team, yeah, getting I them psyched. Completely just. Observing. Oh, of course not. I mean, I, I, look, he's not going to be silent, nor should he be. And he's got so much right, knowledge, et cetera. Fire, but, but, you know, that that his role for the first couple of weeks, or I guess you want to say the first few months throughout practices, et cetera, was very much observational and sort of being a part of it, waiting to see where his spot was going to be. Remember when we talked to Bobby, this was before we brought back the Brock and Salk show. Remember we brought Bobby on and we had that long conversation with him. We ran it over, what, two days or something like that. We talked to him for like almost an hour. It was great. And one of the cool things about that conversation, at least that I remember, was him discussing his learning process to become a leader and how he wanted to learn about all other different types of leaders. And he went through and listened to, I want to say it was like everyone from... Gosh, I wish I could remember some of the names. I know Malcolm X was on the list. Uh, Obama, I remember being on one. Yeah, I mean, it was people like from from all different parts of life. And Bobby tried to learn a little bit about all of their styles of leadership in order to bring whatever was going to be best from him out to the team. And to see him, I'm, I'm quite confident that he approached this with quite a bit of thought 
ahead of time, that it was premeditated in all the right ways. And obviously it seems to have completely changed the way this team's season could have gone and, and just the amount of credit that it's gotten, the amount of worry that it sounds like Pete had, not just after the game against uh, the Rams, but even in the first couple days of practice or the first couple days back, it sounds like Pete was still pretty worried about it. And if Bobby hadn't spoken up, maybe they do get their doors blown off in Detroit the way so many people thought they would. And now you're not only 0-2, you've gotten killed twice, and you're looking at Andy Dalton, your personal nemesis, coming in here to maybe beat you and send you to 0-3. That is a very different situation. Instead, Bobby rises to the occasion. He does it on the field by helping to stop the run. He does it in the community with everything he's doing here with the Fast 54. He does it with the fans, just the opportunity to see him again. And then finally does it with his teammates in the locker room, on the practice field, before the game, getting them into the right headspace that they needed to be in. And that, quite frankly, it sounds like they couldn't have gotten into without his ability to to lead the way he did. So I'll just say it one more time before we rank things through two games, having Bobby Wagner back in Seattle, unmitigated success. And maybe he needed to leave in order to come back and make that true. But man, has it been awesome. Have a number 54 back in Seattle. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Well, as you guys know, we started off the show with it. Today is the final off day. Of the baseball season. This is it. Take a breath. Last chance to take a deep breath. Have we ranked breaths? Ah, uh, we did. Okay, I figured. <laughs> of course we did. I think you've ranked breaths. I know we did breathe. breathe. Every yeah. version. Yeah. Yeah. We get that fabulous song in there. I like that song. Anyway, with that in mind, today we are ranking offs. Offs ranked. And I'm sure that some come to mind immediately, like, uh, you know, Michael Jackson, Off the Wall, this album. Oh, and uh, the saying for Vans, right? Vans sneakers, Vans shoes, Off the Wall. They're Off the Wall? So I, was, I think that's what it is. <laughs> I don't think I, think I knew that. I think that's their slogan. I don't know that I've ever seen a Vans commercial. Off the Wall, that is right. All right, nice. Uh, I'll tell you one band that is not going to be in the top five. I got to tell you. This is my era of music, and I think this is the worst band of this era. I'm sorry. I just can't do the offspring. I can't do it. I don't like the way he sings. I don't like their music. The worst bands I've ever seen live. Are they? Yeah. I can't believe you saw them live. To be fair, I, I, when I saw them live yeah. in a regular setting, they were fine. I saw them do an acoustic set at a radio station. Oh, they're not an acoustic Oof. band. I saw them live once, too, but I went for um, 311 and Pepper, and they were just there. Oh, I've oh. seen 311 multiple <laughs> times. They were great. Fair. I like Pepper, although I've never seen them. They sort of sound like a sublime ripoff. That's about right. But, God, I think Offspring is They're terrible. from Hawaii. It's just their, I think it's just their Just style. their sound. Are you I saying like that them. that sound all sounds the same? Because that would be true. I'm not saying that. Sublime's great. Uh, we got some James Brown. Of course, this makes everybody think of the professor as it should. Nobody likes 
stuff like that. Oh, good. More than John, we've got some Macklemore. I challenge you to a dance off. Yes, a dance off. Hands off, no trash talk, no backwalk. Do you remember dance the show that was on, I think it was MTV for a little while, about 15 years ago, maybe 20, called Pants Off, Dance Off? No. <laughs> what? That was a real show? Word of God. Pants Off, Dance Off. Sounds real show. It was. Wow. For two seasons. 2006. Yes. Okay. So I had the timing about right. Pants off, dance off. Pants off. Was it MTV? A little Fuse. The Fuse. Even better. Yeah. Fuse, yes. R.I.P. Fuse. Sorry, that was around the same time. MTV had around, right? uh, that Quiet in the Library show. Do you remember that? Uh, I don't we think We had so. to make people laugh in the library. Really no. I kind of like that show. Maybe no. it was really dumb. More, uh, come on. Was it much music that turned to Fuse? I think that's what it was. Yeah. All right. You're just too good to be true. Dang. Can't take my eyes over Classic getting bounced out of the top five. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough top five. What are you going to do? Wow. It's not easy to be in the top five. Are you, gonna, are you not going to put any of my better off deads in there? Yeah, Better Off Dead's you're probably not putting in there for me either. Better Off Dead, Newfound Glory, or Bad Religion. Well, did you give me sound of those? I just knew you were going to put no, them well, in. No, I would have played them. You just you didn't put them in here. Better Off This Way, Day mm-hmm. to Remember. Get off my plane. How about that one? Get off my plane. <laughs> or. Get off my train. There we go. Which do you prefer? Train. Get off. You prefer get off my train? Out of train. That was a darker, weirder moment. That guy is so weird-looking. Get off my train. <laughs> <laughs> More, do you want to rank tomorrow? Huh. No, no, I don't. No, I'm good. I'm thanks. I'm all, I'm all set with that. Uh, of course, you got the movie. I'd like to take his, his face. Oh, also out of the top five. I don't like that movie that much, actually. Huh. Yeah. That's uh, glorious, glorious sons. sons. I thought you know what else we could have put on here was a sawed-off shotgun hand on the pump. Cypress Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if we could have kept going time. after that, but we always could have put that part. Problem in with many of these artists. Uh, you got the movie Set It Off. That's Queen Latifah, right? Uh, I believe oh. so. You got uh, Knock Off with Jean Claude Van Damme and Rob Schneider finally together as they should be. The best pairing of all time. You got uh, baseball player Jose Offerman or actor Nick Offerman. A lot of text about that. Nick Offerman ever work off Broadway? Jose Offerman ever hit a walk off home run? Tell you what, when those guys are playing late at night, sometimes down in Caribbean, you want to make sure you got some off bug spray. 360 says ranked as awful. Well, it's also off the rails. (laughs) That's for sure. Are you ready for the top five? (laughs) Always. You ready? All right, number five. (laughs) Offset. Wow. Yeah. I don't know that much Offset, but I like whatever I hear. Uh, I like everything I hear from Migos, but I don't really know much of it. Well, maybe today. Bad and bougie. Yeah, you probably do know more Offset than you do. I think think I've heard it, but I don't know it well. Like, it's not something I'm, like, comfortable with. But I, every time I hear anything by Migos, I'm like, oh, I kind of like that. You and Cardi B have some, I mean, that one has Cardi B. That's Cardi B song, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, number five. Kind of a surprise number five. Probably didn't expect it to be in it. I did not. Yeah. Now, Brock didn't even know what we were ranking today, which is funny because he absolutely set up a line from the number four ranked off movie. So far this semester, he has been absent nine times. 
nine times. Nine times. I don't remember him being sick nine times. That would be Ferris Bueller's day off. No text for that yet, and that None? is disappointing. Wow. I really shocking. expected it. Not I thought really that one had a, a case to be even higher than or It's on Netflix right now. You should watch it. You've never seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Day Off today, more. What do you mean? I don't understand. It'd be a good one. That's that's shocking to me. I'm very surprised. Off my rocker. Think about it. <laughs> that is off my rocker. <laughs> what is that? All right, number, well, that was number four. Number three, it's probably, it probably could have been a little bit lower, but when I was a kid, I had the 45 record of this song when I was a little, little kid. It was the first record I ever owned. Rolling Stones. I used to go around telling people this is my favorite song. I was like four. All out, I like that. I still don't know how you're taking or leaving. Can't take my eyes off of you out of here, though. That's that one. Well, I mean, the last two are, are pretty legendary, each in their own way. Number two, staying in the hip hop genre. Ah. Good call. It's a great song. That is a terrific song. Classic. I'll allow that one. Good. Alice DJ, though, I thought you might sneak into number one, but you already blew that one for us. Which one? That's the Better Off Alone. <laughs> you thought that was going to be number one? Just because you'd like to throw a wrench into things? That would have been really trolling people, I think. That Mor- doesn't, I think that wouldn't have been right. Mora wants us to get off her lawn. <laughs> I like how someone said that you put Offset in because KJ was questioning your culture. It's true. Because <laughs> you did. Do you know what Takeover you trap? That's actually exactly what happened. <laughs> I was trying to, trying to get my bona fides out. Number one. Oh, come on. Brock set this Taylor. one up, too. Shake it off. Brock definitely set these up. Number one. Wow. Number one off. I got to say, went to that Taylor Swift show, right? Everyone knew every line to every song. I've never seen anything quite like it. Everyone in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And as much as they loved all of her music... That song still was by far the loudest, biggest moment of the show. And really that whole album, 1989, when she went through that era, that was sort of the the most into it everyone was. I see that. But that song more than any other really was the the moment. A lot of people upset. No, off bug spray. I mentioned off bug spray. Okay, good. Yeah, I mentioned that. I said, uh, you know, when they're playing those late night games. 253 wants us to go off the air. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> we keep doing this long enough. We're going to be off for sure. Oh, I'll just turn I didn't seven realize ten that off. you guys knew right. that. Okay. Oh, clap on, clap off the clapper. It's That's pretty good, huh? <laughs> didn't think about that. Did Maura tell anybody to bleep off yet? Yeah. Maura, did you? They said to Maureen. Oh, no. Maureen, I missed it. What we, about, didn't, we didn't do me. What about Michael Bennett jumping off sides? All right. We gotta go. Uh, There's that football. Bump and Stacy coming up next. Uh, they've got the huddle today, so they're over Seahawks facility. We'll be back tomorrow morning, six a.m. Until then, the hay is in the barn. See everybody. Get to the chopper.